0: I'm your co-host Adrian. I'm
1: Thomas. And I'm Zach. And we did it. We, did it. we successfully recorded an We intro. We did it. We made it. And then we <laughs> fucked it up by saying we did it.
0: <laughs> well, <I don't>
2: no no. <laughs> Celebrate your successes.
1: That's you true. Gotta... It's the little ones that make the make the most out of life. And we can always edit them out later. And by we I mean you. If I remember. <laughs> <laughs> One day we're just going to start releasing raw episodes, no edits. All we do is oh. sync the audio up and
2: carry on. One we're, day we'll get no, it down
1: where we won't... No, post. we're
2: just going to post... He's he's not, He's not. going to be so lazy about editing. He's like, ah, episode... Here's the Zach part of this episode. And then here's the Adrian and Thomas part <laughs> of this episode. You put it together yourself. You figure you it out. You <laughs> have
1: to do it. You have to solve the puzzle yourself. Um, I will say, when I used to do like producing stuff for our STEM ep- podcast... I would listen, and we would only record on one computer, which, of course, made it easier. But you would just make notes of, like, where the fuck-ups were, and Mm -hmm. then just edit those out. Because that was a little bit more scripted. But we're off the cuff, so we're doing our best.
2: We are, yeah. Off the cuff is an accurate description of what we are. Oh, yeah. Yes, (laughs) it is.
0: I don't know if doing our best is.
2: Y'all are uh... just... Y'all are on That's... more medications
1: than anything.
2: Ah, so. uh, yes. We're recovering. Yeah.
1: For those Recover. who, if you haven't listened to the previous two episodes, these two still have COVID and we're recording as catch up for their our vacations and other things going on in life. So yeah, they're still sickly. I'm still healthy as an ox. And once
2: I say this, get COVID tomorrow. All
0: right, Thomas, yeah. do you have a monster for us?
2: I mean, I'll go look in my closet and see what I can find. Oh, not back, co- Okay. You're not it. helpful. Not helpful. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. We are going to turn in our monster manual to page
0: 184. Still you count Donut, and donut now?
2: And gaze upon the wonder that is the hippogriff. We're talking about the hippogriff.
0: Okay. So we go on Harry Potter then?
2: Harry Potter up in this biatch. Yes. A beast whose magical origins are lost to history. A hippogriff possesses the wings and forelimbs of an eagle, the hindquarters of a horse, and a head that combines the features of both. That's weird. That's not what they have pictured So like here. the
1: neck of a horse, but the face of a bird.
0: I mean, it's very much the face of a bird. I'm not getting a yeah. horse.
2: Yeah. Long
1: uh, horse neck?
0: I guess. I mean, not
2: any longer than an eagle's neck would be if the eagle was that large. But you whatever. Reclusive and omnivorous, hippogriffs mate for life and seldom venture more than a few miles from their nest. When defending its mate or its young, a hippogriff fights to the death. Hippogriffs don't lay eggs but give birth to live young. That's gotta be painful. Dragons, griffins, and waverns have a taste for hippogriff meat, and frequently prey on these creatures.
0: Did you say that live births were painful?
2: Look at how sharp this thing is. I have to assume that's why birds lay eggs, because look how sharp they are.
0: I mean, they probably don't have claws at birth, though. Like, humans do live birth.
2: Yeah, but they're soft.
0: That Mm, thing's probably soft. Babies can't have fingernails. Um, Can babies have fingernails? I don't know. I don't have one. (laughs)
1: Comment if you believe babies have
2: fingernails (laughs) Science hasn't figured this out yet (laughs) No one one
1: knows I don't want to look it up
2: Flying mounts A hippogriff raised in captivity Can be trained to be a faithful Companion and mount Of all the creatures that can serve as flying mounts Hippogriffs are among the easiest to train And most loyal once trained properly So you
0: train them, they good
2: that's really all the, uh, the background. There's not much to them. They're bird nah. horses.
0: I mean, read <laughs> Harry Potter, book three, you got it. It's there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Some Buckbeak action in there. Get
0: some Buckbeak.
1: That's its name. I forgot
2: about that.
0: That's. I mean, I remembered names. it, but I couldn't that's remember the main. That's <laughs> the main one. Book names.
2: recommendation. Harry Potter. <laughs> no. <laughs> not not
0: no. really. There's some problematic situations in Harry Potter, but...
2: It's still good read.
0: I mean, it is, but J.K. Rowling is a whole thing. Fair.
2: No comment. <laughs> uh, a hippogriff is a large monstrosity, and it is unaligned. They have an armor class of 11, a hit point of 3d10 plus 3, a speed of 40, and a flying speed of 60. They have a... Strength of plus three, a dex plus one, a con of plus one, an intelligence of minus four, a mm. wisdom of plus one, and a charisma of minus one. They're so, they're kind of, that they got, it's, that, that bird head is definitely bird brained.
1: Oh, um, for sure. It's only feathers.
2: Um, his perception is plus five. It's got passive perception of 15. No languages. He no talkie.
0: He you know, doesn't have enough intelligence. I think you have to have at least a four to have language. I think I don't know. I think we just talked about this an episode or two ago, and I already forgot, even though it's literally been half an hour. So,
1: <laughs> I, it wouldn't necessarily be language. A lot of things can know a language, but it, four is kind of the intelligence level of a beast.
2: Yeah, well, it's a two. Yeah, so. it's
1: not doing a good. It's
2: not having a good day. That's for sure. It's a challenge rating of one. So I mean,
0: yeah, and that even it only has an AC of eleven and three D ten plus three hit points, nineteen hit points. That seems low. It's low for that C
1: R, but remember that it can fly and it has multi attack at C R one. So that's where it becomes more of
2: a
0: challenge.
2: Yes. So keen sight, the hippogriff has advantage on wisdom checks, perception checks, that rely on sight. He sees real good. He sees
0: real fucking good. You Mm -hmm. might say he
2: has an eagle eye.
0: Okay
1: hit him. <laughs> I know you're sick, but hit him for that. Oh, I'm sick
2: of <laughs> um, Actions. He's got a multi-attack. The Hippogriff makes two attacks. One with its beak and one with its claws. The beak is a melee melee weapon Maywei. I will hit you with
1: my way, melee way, <laughs> way weapon.
2: Plus five to hit. Reach a five feet, one target. On a hit, it does 1d10 plus three piercing damage. And then the claws are also a melee weapon attack that May also way. are plus also are plus five to hit and a reach of five feet, one target. And on a hit, it does two d six plus three slashing damage. And that's mm. that's
0: the stat block. Das
2: eat. That's it. Das so... eat. So if you're not using them as a mount, what are they good for?
1: Clawing and, and biting more than anything. And
2: <laughs> like birds.
0: Fly, flying and staying out of your fucking reach. I mean, yeah. come
2: on. Like, like, what's the use of the horse rear end on this thing if everything else is, is just as good as a bird? Yeah, no
1: bucking on this one. It will not knock you. Fl- it's not going to kick no. you. No. I can see this as a low level party encounter. It's like the party's in the woods or the mountains, and it's just like, this is my home turf. Get the F out or the party is
2: but then the party steals its baby and brings it for their own that's what i was thinking like
1: you could get a baby in captivity that's the easiest way to raise one of these as a mount um Mm -hmm. that's a time thing for sure where they're like hey we need this to be raised as a mount um the question is are they going to be able to do that or they could just buy a young one Mm -hmm. as an option I could see like a quest where they're supposed to go up to the mountains and uh, do this um, and like defeat the hippogriff or stealth away and take a baby egg or whatever depending on how many eggs there are then get lay as eggs. many as they want. Oh god that's right they don't lay eggs that's even worse
2: <laughs> we you, just have did to, this. you have you to You have kidnap to kidnap a live thinking and screaming live baby, baby going ah, ah, I ah, mean in ah, theory already... feed me
0: stop it in theory, you could also win <laughs> one over by maybe protecting its home or something. I know they're
2: tricky; they're reclusive, so
0: it wouldn't be like a community thing. But maybe you could win it. Someone could win it over somehow, or you have aligned goals, even though it has low intelligence. So I don't know what kind of goals it could maintain. <laughs> Hashtag no
2: goals. Yeah, um,
0: that makes it very hard. Yeah, it's hard to see how these would be mounts unless you purchase them but i feel like there's a situation where you could win one over by saving it or something
1: yeah i mean it's a monstrosity you it's not a beast so you can't like beast bond with it or anything like that Mm -hmm. um there is a spell called dominate monster That he would be a very easy target for yeah not intelligent it's a wisdom save oh never Um, mind Okay. Yeah, it does
2: have
0: yeah. plus one to wisdom. I so. mean, it does specify that it needs to be raised in captivity to be a mount. So
1: yeah, I can see that being a thing where like you're you're gonna have to like maybe it's gonna be nice, but it's still a predator and it's still like defensive. So I wouldn't see it being easy. Dominate monster only works for an hour, so that wouldn't be super- like you get a mount for an hour and then after that you've wasted an eighth level spell. Uh, yeah. So I would I would go for that. The, I would say if you're if you're looking at somebody, somebody who uses these frequently is going to be the, um, I want to say there's a mounted guard in Waterdeep in the Dungeon of the Mad Mage and Waterdeep Dragon Heist. So that is yeah. something that is prevalent in there. If you're in a large city, maybe that's your closest encounter of them would be the police force of that city. The guards yeah, have access no, to them. Guard. And then they're just reproducing them, raising them in captivity and doing that. That's not a big deal, I can see. Um, I could also see, like, the party's job is just to capture one, to start a city's hippogriff-mounted brigade. So they're, like, grabbing it before it has the babies. And then if it's born, then they keep it hostage, essentially, and go from there. It's it's not a very plot-heavy thing when you're just dealing with a monstrosity. Mm -hmm. But you can I think this would be a good conversation with the party that's kind of divided on like animal treatment like mm-hmm. does the druid release them and ever prevent the party from capturing this creature like it's a great moral quandary for those characters who are bound to nature like a ranger and a druid fighting those who live in the city like there are other party members is it a coin to make or is it an animal to save always throw in those moral dilemmas for your party because that's how you kind of make everything real
2: right
0: mhm so All I did right. look, I did look, and a riding
2: horse is also negative four to intelligence, so they have the Not same intelligence as a horse. A horse. Interesting. Yeah, they do what they're told. Which, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, what does an eagle have for an intelligence? Also a negative four. Okay, so, okay. so he's, uh, consistent- Across horse the and eagles consistent, yeah. yeah, yeah, they all have a negative four. None of them are very smart. Man, they seem so much yeah.
0: smarter in Harry Potter.
2: Well, they seem Harry like Potter's intuitive.
1: Yeah, they seem kind of intuitive in Harry Potter. Like they can read emotions. I would say this thing could as well. Like it's still an animal. It has instinct. But yeah, there's a cat in the image, and I'm very forgetful. <laughs> this is the one that was sick, wasn't it? This is Bella? Bella. no. no. No, Max She's just is just sick. sick in the head. Max is yeah. the sick boy. Aren't all cats sick in the head? All yes. right, what's our magic item?
0: Our magic item is Thomas says to make me be able to see it. We're back to Reddit.
2: Are we are, and we're not on our D and D this time. We're, we're on, on our D and D items. D and D
0: items by user Walton Mark.
2: No, no, gnome, no depot.
0: Gnome depot. That's that's the R. That's the subreddit.
2: You're right. My bad.
0: What subreddit are we
2: in? My Walton Mark.
0: <laughs> okay. So we are in I don't either subreddit D&D items or Gnome Depot. Um looking at an item posted by Walton Mark. The Ring of Negative Charisma. Which I think is the, the item that really separates the introverts from the extroverts. Uh, This ring drops your charisma so low that no one will remember your name. And the the extroverts in the room went, oh, that's sad. And B, an introvert, went, that sounds great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to talk to anybody.
0: (laughs) Uh, You become functionally invisible to high charisma individuals. No one notices your comings or goings. They don't hear what you say or remember your face. Items turn up missing and they would blame you if they could even remember what you look like. Um, so, um, not a lot of mechanics to this ring, but we're going to get to that here in a second. Um, this is an inherently cursed item and prolonged use can cause great mental damage. Um, I'd say that's for extroverts. Us introverts are used to this and we love it. Um, (laughs) if you're experiencing similar symptoms, please seek professional help.
2: That's, yeah, in the item description right there. That audience. is in the item no.
0: description. Please seek professional help if you have so low, sh- such low charisma that no one remembers your name. That's um, a bummer. S- some of us like this, guys. Some of us don't want the attention.
1: <laughs> I want to be unwitnessed. Don't witness me. Don't see don't, me. Don't know. I
0: can steal stuff and no one will fucking notice. That sounds great.
2: Well, hey now.
0: I, I don't steal stuff, actually. I don't know.
1: All right, so we kind of so, pitched this as a let's make this a magic item because we don't have it has no stats to it, right?
0: Yep, it doesn't All have it is, any is a, actual mechanics. It doesn't have it just it says stuff, but we don't have any numbers or math to go with it.
1: Exactly. You so, gotta have
0: math and D and D guys. Exactly.
1: So I would I would present this ring as like if you cast the identify spell, it was essentially the item's description would be modify your charisma to reduce it to a point where you are invisible to those of higher charisma in class, uh, where you were essentially unnoticed by everyone that would be the description it's really hard to describe it but you would just say like okay here's the charisma modifier you get speaking of those lovely negative fours um you would get the value of like a score of two in charisma gives you a negative four modifier it's bad right minus four on that roll um a zero would be the worst right that is a minus five so if you're unfamiliar if you're looking to know how to take a score and convert it into a modifier it's score minus 10 divided by two that is the value the way you calculate it so if you have a two minus 10 is eight negative eight divided by two is a negative four that's how you calculate that value there Uh so with a negative four modifier you are not doing great. You're unnoticed. So I would give this character a negative four modifier and automatically set their charisma to two. They're Very not too bad out.
0: if you're a paladin.
1: Very bad if you're a caster. Rogues might enjoy this because they are. They have the negative modifier, but they can essentially steal from rich people with no consequences, depending if they have a high enough charisma score. This seems very limited to like, ooh, I don't want to look at you, therefore I'm not going to witness what you're doing because you're that disgusting or ugly or uncomfortable to be around.
2: Um, I mean, you you could basically become like the help, as in like the rich people... It's like, this isn't a and d thing. This is a real life thing where rich people and well, powerful people tend to just ignore the yeah. people that are around that are doing their jobs.
1: I would see this as a great item to infiltrate a really, really like high palace or something like that, where you're just going around learning information. You could just walk into the room and like prepare stuff, set tea down and then just stand and listen because <laughs> no one's going to tell you otherwise to leave. Um, when it comes to stealing things, I think that's great. But then we have to get to the curse aspect of this, which is...
2: Right. I feel like almost like a Lord of the Rings aspect, right? Where it's like, oh, yes, this is handy when I put it on and take it off. But if you wear it too often, it's not good for your sanity.
1: I was going to say that for prolonged use, like the first few times you have to make a like constitution saving throw to remove it and then after that it's stuck and then the you have to use remove curse to get rid of it um Mm -hmm. once you can't remove it that's where the constant curse comes in where it says it takes mental damage which to me interprets as psychic damage right the constant people ignoring you that damage to your psyche is forever just psychic damage but i would say as you're doing that it's constantly knocking you down where your maximum hp falls with it Ah, so every day i would do it where you roll a d10 that's how much psychic damage you take plus a modifier or whatever and then as soon as you hit zero psychic you're down you're out forever right unless you can remove the curse on it Which which your party would be unlikely
2: to help with because they're like, who's that? What were we doing with that person? (laughs) If you have
1: a high charisma character in the party, they're definitely going to ignore you. That is part of the curse. Um, I will say wisdom is the casting for remove curse for Paladin or clerics because they get remove curse. I'm not 100% sure if druids get it. I don't remember. But um, paladins Uh probably do as well, but they're charisma based casters.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So you might have I, I to have get, the party band together to do it, but
2: but I can see thing, the party's rogue having this and keeping it a secret from the rest of the party.
1: You'd Just notice if they got real their,
2: ugly all of a sudden, and like their, their entire personality's
1: uses. hard to deal with. Yeah, if it you can keep say taking anything it off. about
0: making you physically ugly, though. No, it's
1: just like you're unmemorable. Like they don't want to remember your face. You're just kind of a blur. I would say it kind of yeah, but that makes it hard
0: for the party to identify that that's happening. If it's like yeah,
1: yeah, it would be very difficult to convince the party to help you with this.
0: Yeah, versus
1: you just have to go to like a temple and hope they do remove curse. Right um it's a really messed up item i would say you take that psychic damage and then it reduces your maximum hit points because you're just in a funk now because you really don't exist anymore
0: yeah unless you just have the psychic damage happen daily like how would you make this mechanic work
1: at dawn you would be affected by it or at night because that's when the sadness hits
0: uh well at night you're about to rest though so it doesn't yeah. make it doesn't actually mechanically hurt you If it happens when you first like wake up in the morning then yeah. you're like down those hp for the day
1: yeah you're down that hp for the day and then you're down permanently until it's removed yeah. i would probably fiddle with like the starting conditions of like do you make three saves and then it's stuck forever so it's useful for mm-hmm. a bit i would give them that opportunity and then after that it's cursed like but the the thing you have to remember and we've done an episode on cursed items before which oh, i will dear. look up which one it is it is episode 23 where we talk about cursed items the curse doesn't show up in um the I identify spell you only learn it after mm-hmm. some time where you figure it out wearing it will tell you the curse if you it impacts you enough to reveal what its curse is. Okay. So that's
0: standard for cursed items.
1: Mm-hmm. Identify spell does not identify a curse.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So I would say after three uses or three failures of some type of wisdom or constitution saving throw, maybe it's mm-hmm. charisma. Maybe you're so charismatic. You don't really Im- are impacted by it. Uh, but after three failures, that's when it binds itself to your hand and you can't take it off. Mm-hmm. Or one failure at Binds, depending on how charismatic the player is that gets it. Okay. Uh, real messed up, but I think yeah. it's kind of a interesting thing. And, but I, I want to specify this as a DM, that if you're making these magic items, remember they're not set in stone. Particularly if you're homebrewing them, this is something you should specify to the players of just, hey, this is a homebrew item. I've made it up on my own it can change depending on how damaging it is or how impactful it is at your level. Like if you give this to a level one rogue, that much damage is going to kill them in the morning if they get stuck with it. So it's something that they'd have to get higher up. So maybe instead of a D 10, it's a D four or D six, whatever it is to reduce that plus a modifier. But if they're using it too much where they're like disgust, not disgusting, but they're it's getting too much of a problem for the DM. You are the DM. You can retcon that item. That's perfectly acceptable, it, particularly with homebrew. And even some of the book information, you can be like, I don't agree with that. Or mm-hmm. that's not okay. Um, That's why there's errata for all of these books. So yeah. if you set a rule on it and make a magic item, you have all rights to change it whenever you yep. want to. Especially and if remember, it throws off the dynamics of the game.
0: As the DM, you can do whatever you want. The rules are guidelines.
1: Exactly. And that's the goal is to make sure that everyone's having fun and it's not overpowering. Uh, and if it was a removed curse. Yeah. The, one of the comments under this that I kind of liked is, um, um, wouldn't it, it be funny? You to become curse, un- yeah. You become undead and it's because death forgot you even existed. I would say that's a possibility. You turn undead from a poor charisma modifier and no one notices that you've died from psychic damage, and you're now an undead creature. Everybody's just kind of
2: like, man, he started smelling bad. Yeah. Permanent like, <laughs> undeath.
1: Because some... you can't remove... Removing the curse would remove the ring, but it doesn't fix your undeath. Mm. Mm. Interesting. But the question would be, now that you're undead... Do you have I to would continue say...
2: as an I... undead character?
1: yeah you would have the undead characteristic and then once you remove the curse you go back to your normal stats hp but as like an undead creature your ac is the negative value becomes your positive one so if you're like negative 10 hp on one roll you're that's your hp and you're out in a quick flash right until you remove the ring and then you can go back but you're always undead after that (sighs) This is yep. where it comes to, like, maybe that's too much for one magic mm-hmm. item. Maybe you just mm-hmm. fall unconscious or psychic damage until it's removed. And you might not tell the party you have the ring, because they're just going to start slowly ignoring you. And that's something, as a DM, that will be kind of difficult to roleplay for everyone. I mean,
2: the the DM doesn't realize that that person I, doesn't. That person's not gone for the DM, right? No. But it so. would just
1: be like, a, hey, um, we need to unlock this table or, or unlock this chest or whatever. And maybe nobody bothered to wake the rogue up that morning to take them with the party.
2: because Or, they or they're just like, didn't we have a rogue? Uh, or they just yeah. try to bust things down. Like they forget yeah. that the rogue is there to, to actually do traps. shit. Yeah. And then they spring traps. Or, <laughs> or the rogue is hot on it and unlocks the door and they're like, oh. Was it always unlocked? I guess it's unlocked. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, and it'll really fuck with your psyche. And I I would say
1: like instead of just mourning if your players say something mean about you or forget about you in a day, it might happen again. That that psychic damage takes hold. So like every morning it does a d10. After that, every time somebody comments on the lack of you being there or ignores your existence, d4 or something like that. Like it's mm. going to hurt you mentally over time to be non-existent. So yeah, sounds like a fun item. If as long as it's not happening to you, I don't know. I mean, for 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 role playing purposes, oh, for role playing, for sure. For character stats, you're screwed.
0: Well,
2: is you could get some use out of this before suffering consequences, though. A little bit,
1: yeah. I would say remember that this impacts any charisma based skill, so that's just deception. Intelligent or not intelligence uh, uh that's deception performance uh the other ones that i can't remember off the top of my head for some reason there's a lot of them that really rely on your charisma score and it's just tanked yep so it's best to be ignored versus using those but if somebody with a lower charisma catches you you can't lie your way out of it anymore right so it's a very interesting concept that will require a lot of thought behind it and uh, Yes. It'd be difficult to maintain all of that. Excuse me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It looks after looking further, I did see that this was cross posted to D and D items, originally posted on the Gnome Depot, which yeah. is a a subreddit. Um yeah. that is the Gnome Depot. And I mean, it's literally just item after item and all of them i've seen so far have been like this to where there's a description of kind of what they do but yeah. no mechanics with them so yeah. it might be a fun place to get some ideas
0: yeah it's Just, a nice source of inspiration for sure
2: yeah it's a good inspiration for you to fiddle and homebrew your own stuff for sure yeah. but i do see that all the posts in the gnome depot are by walton mark the user walton mark so he is uh, the gnome depot he is the gnome depot so there we go. Gotcha. Alrighty. Anything shout else? Out to,
0: shout out to the Gnome Depot. Thanks shout for out your, to your inspiration.
2: The Depot, it's Walton great. Martin. Yeah. Um. We're wrapping up. So this this ring of the the negative charisma and just like nobody noticing who you are, uh did remind me of a book.
0: Another book. Of
2: course, book go number
0: for three, guys. Is
2: the book Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. Is a great one single book, uh, but it does involve a guy following to. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of like, it's called Neverwhere, but it's like the, the underworld essentially the uh like the, the series. S- you think of like, s- nope, it's just a book, just a single book.
0: Yep, it's an urban fantasy. Yep, I believe they also made it a TV show.
2: We saw a play of it once. We
0: did see it done in a play, but I think it's also a TV show on in a BBC TV show. So, lots yes, of, you are it's, correct. It's, it's classic British literature. Yes. Oh. From,
2: but what reminded me of the it 90s. was like the main protagonist falls, basically becomes part of the underworld, which is kind of like sewer world, you know, underneath the city, and basically all of those people. Uh, don't get noticed by the normal humans on yes. the sh- on the street. They he just kind of like
0: unnoticeable.
2: Uh, he'll bump into somebody and they'll be like, "Watch where you're going," and then immediately forget that he exists. Kind of thing. Yes, oh, it's very okay.
0: it's very fun, very interesting novel. Kind of
1: creepy. A little bit of creep. Lots what's, of creep. Yeah. What's the TV show called?
0: I think it's still called Neverwhere. It should just be Neverwhere
1: huh i've never heard of it i do love neil gaiman he is great an
0: urban fantasy television series by neil gaiman that first aired in 1996 on bbc 2 wow
1: that is old. the
0: magical realm of london below
2: yeah london below
0: so i don't know if you can find that anywhere on tv but it's a good book it's a play yeah check it out if you've never heard of neverwhere it's very fun it's very good
2: heck yeah all right anything else Check out our Twitter's no, not our Twitter's, not our Twitter's. Check Twitter out our
0: Instagrams. The Instas get used more than the Twitters, guys. Sorry, I'm not a Twitter person. I'm an Insta person.
1: At Sweet uh, Tea and D and D on Instagram.
0: Yes,
2: D and then as in the you can get all of our uh, uh, podcast episode notes on our Acast website. Which if you if you Google Sweet Tea and D and D and Acast, you'll find it. You'll we'll find show it. it. It's too yeah. long of a URL for me to
1: You can also just, whatever podcatcher of choice will also have our notes. You can find it all down there if you read the episode description.
2: There it is.
1: All right, say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.